Musical Insights. The Rock Out with Mark Rigland. The best in brand new classic rock, metal and punk. We may fall on our faces, but if we do, we will fall with dignity. With a guitar in our hands and rock in our hearts. And in the words of ACDC, we roll tonight to the guitar bite. And for those about to rock, I salute you. And feature Tuesday. Yeah, so, right now, via the magic of Skype... I have at least one of Beneath the Embers. How you doing? How's it going? I'm good, man. How are you? Sweet. It's good to get you on the phone at last. So we've been uh, yeah. planning this for a long time. Weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. Yeah. See, and it's, it's all come <laughs> together in the end. Um, while we was off air, we was talking, did your, did your friend manage to get to listen in? Uh, no, um, apparently not. Uh, see, he's got to try harder. See? Exactly. That's what I told him. Exactly. Exactly. So... But anyway, we've got you here. So you are Clint, correct? I am. Yes. Yeah, absolutely right. And what do you do in the band? Okay, so uh, I'm the lead guitarist of uh, the band and one of the founding members of uh, Beneath the Embers. Uh, see, so you're, you're like one of the most important ones, hence why we've got you on the phone. I wouldn't say one of the most important ones, no. I'm probably the one that's uh, most available right now, <laughs> considering the majority of us are married with children. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to pin us all down at once. Well, yeah, that is half the problem, actually, with uh, with bands nowadays. I mean, how does it how does it affect everyone with, you know, everyone having wives and children and that, and the whole family situation? How does that deal with uh, still getting out and gigging and practising and writing new songs? How does it all work? It's a, it's a massive juggle. Uh, I'm not going to lie, and um, I think the key for us has been trying to plan as far in advance as we can. Um, you know, a, a lot of the children we will have all have hobbies, be it you know the, the football clubs or the swimming clubs or wives that you know uh, do run in. You know, two of the wives run, one of the wives dances. So we have to take that into consideration, and we try and forecast the gigs. You know, six months. Hopefully, we're going to get to a, a year in advance now, right. and then yeah, um, we, we we do it like that, and that, that we find the easiest way to, to plan ahead. That's yeah, it's crazy though having to deal with all that. I mean, who else is in the band? Okay, so um, the lead singer is a guy called uh, Louis Louis Rowland. Uh, he lives up um, Clacton Way here in Essex. Um, Spencer Churchill is on the drums, and he's down in Chelmsford. And then my brother Luke, uh, he plays bass, uh, and Luke lives down in Benfleet in Essex, down the road. So Colchester is kind of like the central point for for everyone in the band. Ah, so is that like the place that you all meet up? Yeah, we um, we we rehearse at a place called Pioneer Studios, um, oh, which is here in here in Colchester. Yeah. So um, yeah, we we will be well, we've been rehearsing there, and then we'll be recording the album come come January in there as well. I hear a lot of good things about that place. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's got a good name for itself. It's got a fantastic facility downstairs. Loads of uh, loads of rehearsal rooms and stuff run by a really nice guy, and it's got a great you know great recording studio upstairs. Very well facilitated. So yeah, can't complain. We're quite lucky, really. Yeah. See, it's, it's all going well. So um, the one thing that a few people have asked me is that what's the reason behind the band name? Uh, that's an interesting story. Um, okay, so when we first started out, um, we were trying to come up with a name and a lot of the cool names we come up were already kind of being used and we tried lots of different methods to come up with a name. And then I came home and I spoke to my eldest daughter and uh, my eldest daughter came up with a suggestion very, very similar to Beneath the Embers. I can't remember what it was. I think one of the words was different. Um, and I was sat at the dinner table and she came up and I was like, crikey, that's a really good name. And we went back and then I think we changed to one of the words and that's where Beneath the Embers came from. Um, and then, yeah, everyone went, yeah, that's really good. And then oh. it just stuck. See, uh, I've never had a band come in and say, yeah, it was one of the kids that made it up. <laughs> that's, that's the yeah, first. Yeah, it's good. daughter. Yeah, yeah, she's quite, um, my oldest daughter's quite creative. She comes to a lot of the shows and she does the merch table and bits and pieces. So, um, so yeah, you know, she was definitely a big part of the decision-making process of, of finding the band name because we were struggling for ages, if I'm honest. Um, you know, a lot of the cool stuff's already gone. So, uh, and yeah, <laughs> well, and that's, how we, that's how we got to it. That is brilliant. I love it. I love it, that. So, but how would you actually describe the sound of Beneath the Embers then? Because I'm trying, I'm trying to figure it out myself. This is quite. Again, this is um, this is definitely up for political debate. So, okay, everyone in the band comes from a slightly different subgenre metal background. 
Um, so like me and Spence, I suppose Luke as well, we're very much, you know, you know, Metallica's the maidens, the mega deaths of the, you know, the late eighties and the nineties Throw a bit of sort of Alter Bridge and Tremonti in there. Whereas Louis is very much of the new school metal. He is your Avenged Sevenfold, your wage war type, uh, sort of new metal core type, type guy. So what we found happening is that when we're bringing bits and pieces into the studio, um, everyone obviously you know, you are what you eat. So you end up playing and writing things from, you know, what's musically influenced you growing up. Mm. So we throw this stuff in there and you'll find that I'll write something thrashy that's quite 80s and 90s sounding. Louis will mix it up and put, an, an, you know, like a new age spin on it. And then Spencer normally balances it out and goes, you know, tells me to slow down and <laughs> Louis to speed up or, or whatever. And then it kind of just is what it is. And I think most recently someone has said it sounds like a mishmash of lamb of god meets iron maiden um and then previously we've had you know similarities to bullet from valentine for example so yeah it's kind of hard to put your finger on it really yeah it's a good it's a good mix really is i like to say i've been listening to some of the songs and it really is quite difficult to pin down so i think that's i think that's a good a, a good thing though because you know some bands like to sort of really hang their hat on, you know, we belong to this yeah. this genre of music. And I think when we started out, we were very much like, hey, we'll just write some music and it will just be whatever it is. You know, if we like to play it and we enjoy it and we like the sound of it and we're happy with that, we'll just put it out there. And if other people like it, hey, that's a bonus. Yeah. Um, so I think just the, the, the backgrounds we all come from, at certain points just come through and you'll go, oh, that sounds a bit like that. And then it's a... Oh, hang on, but it also sounds like a bit like that, and you know, and it's not intentional. It's just just the way it, the cookie crumbles. I think with how we write music. Yeah, because you get a lot of bands that are trying, as you say, trying to fit into one certain genre or making yeah. up their own genres, which is also cool within itself. If you want to make up your own genre, then you know, and and, and be a leader in that, that that's fine. Um, I think with us, it was just you know, because the the music in the band was born out of just a love of playing music, and you know, we started out as playing covers like most bands you know years ago and um you know we were doing we were doing that thing and then we kind of set a bit of a life goal went right you know we've we've got a lineup now let's switch fire and get straight into writing some and releasing some of our our own our own stuff and we we sort of made a promise a promise to ourselves that we would not be pigeonholed and force writing something to fit in to a bracket we will write it because we like it we like the sound of it and then we just we just put it out there and if other people like it you know it's an absolute bonus Mm. I mean, it's interesting you say you started off as uh, covers and then moved on to originals because mm. it was quite a while back that I wrote a an article actually, which was all about the the pros and cons between starting off writing your own original music yeah. and starting off with with uh, doing covers and then moving on. And you know, it all came out with all the research that I did. It surmised that it's actually more profitable for people to start off doing the covers and then moving on yeah. to originals because that the problem is then is that there's no room for originals music when everyone's playing covers and it's like ah it's all chaotic but it's great that you guys have gone on and you're making your own music because it's you know it's awesome stuff that you're making thank you very much um i think you know with the 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 cover stuff uh me and spence because we were the first two members of the band you know i met spence first um when it was like the band was in the planning process we were um we're saying yeah we'll do we'll do the covers thing because it's the the most social way to meet other musicians Mm. and to be able to get in a room quickly and play music if you say yeah we're going to do these four songs on wednesday night and they're obviously going to be songs that we've all known for the donkey's years and it's easy to get in and jam because you're playing that stuff once you've got that back you know your your lineup once you're then tight as musicians because you're comfortable with everyone's playing ability and everyone's individual styles then you know we'd been working on stuff in the background and then it's like, okay, now we're ready to move on. And we always knew that we would move on. We always knew that we would write music. It was just a question of when that would happen. Mm. And then I did. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff though. I mean, let's move on and play a couple of your songs so that people can hear for themselves what they think. Yeah. So these first two that we're doing back to back are rise and breaking down the walls. So what can you tell us about these two songs? Okay, so they're the first two songs off the EP. Uh, Rise is a, a little bit of an instrumental. Um, there is a, believe it or not, there is a classical 
sort of concert pianist on our record label so we kind of got him involved and said okay we want a piece of music to help open up the ep and that's what created rise and we decided with our name beneath the embers that the first song should sort of really um bring home that message that you know we're sort of rising from the embers it's the start of our journey and that's where the name come from mm-hmm. and then break and breaking down the walls was actually one of the one of the first three songs that we wrote and um, the first song condemned hasn't been released yet um, and that was quite a it kind of created a character, a quite dark, sort of bad journey this character was going on. Um, and as we were writing our, our first bits of original material, three songs happened quite quickly. So it was Condemned, Breaking Down the Walls and Drag You to the Grave. And what you found was that the character moved through the three songs. So through Condemned, things was not good. We moved to Breaking Down the Walls where life was getting better. He was bashing down those barriers to, to make his life better. And then Drag You to the Grave was exactly as it says. It was a bit of a a bit of a fingers up to everyone that had put a barrier in, in the front of that guy. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that's where they came from. Yeah. Brilliant. So uh, I'll let you do the introduction to the first one then. Okay. So for everyone then that's listening to the rock out tonight, the first two songs off our EP ashes will be rise and breaking down the walls. Excellent.
There we go, so, a bit of uh, Band Feature Tuesday, yes. So that was two songs, so far, from Beneath the Embers. And right now, on the phone, is uh, one of the members from Beneath the Embers. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm still here, you good? Yeah, still here, still here. So, uh, uh, yeah, I forgot to press the button, so it started playing the next song. I was like, no, not yet. <laughs> Save it for you when you're on here. But, uh, oh dear. Anyway, um, the songs so far that you've got there, you say they're all from one EP. Yeah, all the songs that we've given you from one EP called Ashes, obviously available on, on all streaming uh, platforms, and you can buy it digitally from our Music Glue site, of course. Uh, and you can get it in CD format, signed if you also wish. Ooh, signed one. So that uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, you've already got quite a, a well, a hell of a lot of followers on Facebook. So you know, you must be quite famous in Essex uh, I wouldn't say we're quite famous I would say that we have gigs pretty hard this year uh, I would also say that the band is very acutely aware of the the business aspect of of pushing your band forward so um, we don't just do the whole let's play some live shows and see how it goes behind the scenes um, certainly on a daily basis um, you know me and Luke spend a lot of time connecting marketing um speaking to radio stations speaking to you know other distribution outlets magazines um tv shows all sorts so whatever we can do to help raise the profile of the music um kind of gets done um and i think in in some ways there is so much amazing talent out there um a lot of it falls by the wayside because they either don't know about this this business aspect or they don't get the opportunity to go and realize their business potential with their with their band ah, so yeah because you get a lot of bands that just like yeah, yeah we, ju- we just do a load of gigs and see what happens and it and yeah. don't it don't work like that you know and you know we're not we're not the music industry of the 80s anymore you know you can't play a gig in a pub and get picked up by a major record label yeah. we know that there's only you know three to four major labels on the planet now um and the whole face of um trying to be able to sell your music has changed and you know bands that are trying to make it um as it is now they have to embrace that and, and work within those parameters as, as best they can to to get the exposure that their music probably deserves oh yeah definitely so it's a lot of hard work that needs to go in and um so you guys are obviously doing that hard work so it's it's showing yeah. it is showing so i mean the uh, i noticed that. on there you got the oakfield records so yeah who's that and what's that all so that is uh, one of the two labels my brother owns and um he uh, oakfield records was around before um before beneath the Emmers was around and um to try and cut a long story short you know uh, luke has been in music production and mixing and mastering you know for a lot longer than than the band's been around and he went and created an independent record label um, and he was dealing with obviously Ian, the concert pianist I mentioned, and some, you know, he's got clients all over the planet, really. Nice. And um, the band was obviously then being formed, and we were at the stage where we were writing stuff. And then um, obviously he's my brother, so quite clearly I said, "Oh, come have a listen to what we're doing up here." And uh, he, yeah, he came up and we played him um, some of uh, some of the stuff. And I, yeah, he come back to me within a couple of days. He goes, mm, I think you lot are onto something here, and I think I want to be involved. So yeah, we went into negotiations, and we, you know, we signed a deal with uh, with Oakfield Records. Uh, and lo and behold, we had a problem with our bass player, the original bass player, um, because me and him are both uh, both in the army, and unfortunately, um, Charlie had to leave. Uh, due to military commitments and then um and then luke's always been a bass player since we were at school and luke went i'll step into the void bosh and that's how he was in nice. and then yeah so yeah so luke, luke's now in the band and um obviously you know uh, he has two labels he's got Oatsfield records and metal massacre records and metal massacre records is a charity record label that he set up um to champion um the lance corporal ben hyde uh Charenton, uh which is a friend of mine who um gave his life in iraq in 2003 which our song semi home is about um and you know we we raised funds for for his charity and his memory uh we're playing a big um show at the end of the year in norwich on the first of december called metal for mental health and uh, we're going to be supporting um, mind uk 
and a combat stress obviously a military both a military and a civilian charity for for mental health so and that's what what created metal massacre records so you mentioned in uh, mental health there it's of course tomorrow the 10th of october is world mental health day absolutely yeah absolutely so um we we came up with the concept a while ago and um you know it was after sort of chris cornell and uh, chester bennington died mm-hmm. and we were like you know this mental health thing is obviously getting massive around the globe and you know everyone's starting to talk about it and we thought i tell you what we can probably do our bit let's chuck on a heavy metal festival that's going to support some mental health and clearly from the forces background and what i do through my day job um you know i've have a lot of friends that have had to access help through combat stress um for 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 combat stress or for ptsd or whatever we you know had to um deal with Mm. um so you know i was like you know i really want to do something for a military charity uh and obviously the rest of the guys in the bands were like yeah let's let's do both let's do a military and a civilian mind uk is the biggest one in in the country uh there's a civilian charity so yeah we went right we'll pick them two and that's what we did that's brilliant see i love it you're doing all this charity work and uh being awesome at business side of it all as well so it's like is there anything you can't do um i can't bake ah right <laughs> i can't cook cakes so i have to leave that to me to me uh, to me daughters <laughs> uh, well that's what they're for isn't it yeah exactly although although mine's useless she's 14 she can't cook <laughs> she can't do anything no. anyway um <laughs> let's go back to the songs <laughs> who is the main songwriter or is that a full collaborative we are proper old school, mate. We are getting a room and fight it out kind of band. <laughs> so, um, so what normally happens is well, what we try to do is if I come up with something, or if Louis comes up with something, we would try and put it, you know, electronically and get it and share it around the guys before we get into the studio. But essentially, what we pretty much mostly do is. Me and Louis may write together outside of rehearsals or we may individually come up with something, but me and Louis will collaborate quickly before we get in studio and then we'll get in it and we will literally jam it out and that's it. That's how the songs all start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we will... Louis's normally got a back catalogue of lyrics because obviously he'll work on lyrics as and when, you know, inspiration comes to him. Yeah. And then uh, Spence will help us chop up the songs so it suits the drummer better and, you know, he helps uh, structure um, what we're putting together. And uh, and then yeah, and then everyone writes their individual parts then to the to the actual skeleton song. So pretty old school. Okay. So who would you say are like, the band's most influences? Yeah. You know, who who influences the the music writing and any any particular like musician at all or? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. I I I would say it's totally collaborative because. Um, Everything that any one of us has ever brought in is never come out the other side as a song, how we put it in. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. So, um, you know, we may all individually bring stuff to the pot, um, but as we said before, you know, the music will be what the music is. And to create the song, you've kind of got to let it bake a bit. And in, in some ways, you've kind of, kind of got to road test them. So we've got songs that we have written and we've gigged. And then we'll tinker with them after gigging them because, yeah, they worked well in the studio, but they may not work well on the road. And we've kind of got a bit of a thing about, you know, we don't want to release music that we can't play live verbatim. What you hear on the record is what you will hear live. Um, And we don't want to, you know, we don't know false marketing, you know, the old auto tune or whatever. So, you know, we kind of we kind of sort of stick to that plan. But but yeah, you know, guitar parts. I suppose if it's fiddly fiddly stuff, I'll throw it in there. You know, the vocals is completely Louis' bag. Um, uh, and then, yeah, and I say, space structure, chopping it up, that comes down to a lot of Spence most of the time. All right. So, apart from your brother, then, anyone else in the family, uh, like musically? Uh, no, me. Well, actually, yeah, my, so my youngest brother, Zach, um, he's not into heavy metal or rock at all. He's a DJ with dance music. Oh, okay. um, and, he, yeah, he, he's played, he's got a residency in Germany somewhere, and um, he's done some stuff in London. So, so yes, he is musical, um, but no, it's not heavy metal or rock, um, which is quite quite interesting around the, the Christmas dinner table, yeah. I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where do the conversations go with that, between dance and, yeah? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, they, they, the conversations don't go anywhere. They normally end in a fight. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. <laughs> um, let's move on with another one of your songs then. And then, because um, yeah. we always find that it's always past the halfway point is when people start sending in more questions. So, the yeah, more people send no in questions, it's normally in this second half. 
So let's play uh, what we got next. The ah, Drag You to the Grave. So tell us yeah. about this one. So Drag You to the Grave is probably the most streamed and probably one of the most popular songs that we play live. It was certainly our most aggressive one. And this this one is a bit of a fuck you song, I think, is the best way to describe it. It was very aggressive. I think Louis was getting some stuff off his chest when he wrote it. Um, and it's a bit of, a, like I said, a bit of a fuck you to those that, that hold you back, uh, try to take credit for your work. Um, and it's kind of what I think Louis wants to do to a certain number of people, such as drag them to the grave. Okay. So, right, so I'll let you do the intro to it then. Okay, so this next one is uh, song number three off the EP. This is Beneath the Embers and Drag You to the Grave. Excellent. I'm 
You're listening to The Rock Out with Mark Cridlin. Band Feature Tuesday! Yes, Band Feature Tuesday. They were the uh, first three of the songs by Beneath the Embers. Musical Insights. The Rock Out with Mark Cridlin. The best in brand new classic rock, metal and punk. Let's go back over to the phone and say hello, Clint, from Beneath the Embers. Hello again. Still there? Still enjoying yourself? Oh, I'm still here, mate, yeah. I've got a <laughs> cup of tea now, so it's all ah, good. Well, I had a cup of tea, actually. Just before we uh, like played that last song, my wife crept in with a cup of tea and went, there you go. <laughs> That's, That's good admin, that, mate. That's well good admin. Yeah, yeah, see? You got you out of the staff. It's good staff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, she's probably listening, actually. In, in the hello uh, yeah <laughs> cheers for the tea yeah uh, where's mine yeah well you know a bit far you're a bit far away i'm in dover that's well, no, no excuses <laughs> if you're a bit closer <laughs> maybe but no no see. right um so we have some other questions on here then the super we've had one come in from dave saying where has been your most favorite place to play so far Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think everyone may, from the band, maybe give a slightly different opinion. Um, Brighton, uh, our last gig in Brighton was absolutely mega, um, and we'll come on to that when we when we play the next uh, the next two songs. Mm-hmm. Um, Brighton was very good, uh, and there seems to be a very good metal scene in Brighton. Uh, I think you know the socials. Um, that has probably been the most interaction we've had over socials for, for any individual gig so far was, was Brighton. Um, but the B2 in Norwich was absolutely mega as well. Um, and that was in August. Um, obviously, Colchester, a hometown show. Um, we played one in January and it was absolutely amazing. So I think with us, everything's been building and building and building and um, we're kind of riding that wave on the up at the moment so you know everywhere's like the one it's always like the the next one we play has always been better than the one before so you know we're on Ipswich on Saturday night so uh, I'll I'll speak to you next week and I'll let you know how that one went and that was probably (laughs) probably be amazing yeah so yeah fingers crossed what is the live music scene like in Colchester we're in A16 total there's a question Okay, so if if I'm in my heart of hearts, I would say in North Essex, the the live metal scene is 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 pretty bad. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's in a good place, and I don't know if that is a lack of bands or more than likely a lack of venues. For example, when we got started, there was two very well, one particular very famous venue called the Asylum in Chelmsford. The Asylum in Chelmsford. Um, is one of those small venues that you play on the circuit. If you're anybody, you play that and you play that venue regularly. Mm-hmm. There was also one in Colchester called The Twist. Um, the Twist closed down um, a, a couple of years ago, probably more than a couple of years ago now. Um, and then Asylum shut down last year, I think it was. And we've also had a very unfortunate email telling us that the B2 in Norwich, the Brickmakers, is closing in January next year as it stands. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yeah, and you know, the Brickmakers is an iconic venue. Which I know, I know that's Norwich, so it's just you know it's, it's you know outside of Essex, but you know it's it's on our circuit, um, and it's a it's a real real shame because, you know, we have a place in Colchester that's very good to us called the Soundhouse, and you know it's got a nice a nice little venue in the back, it's got a stage, um, but it's not a notoriously known metal or rock venue. It's you know multi-genre and all sorts of artists play there, which is great, um, but it doesn't have that walking metal crowd that when you're an up-and-coming band you know you need to tap into venues that have already got an established client base yeah. of, of rock and predisposed rock and metal fans and that's how you make your name you know and for us in north essex you know certainly us in beneath the embers we are battling the whole we're you know you're unknown a couple of years ago you're trying to put on a show how do i get people in the show you know this the facebook for example manipulates how you advertise now if you're not paying facebook your yeah. adverts aren't going anywhere um you know so the social you know you've got to be on socials you've got to do socials but the problem is you've got to pay for it and these venues cost money and the ticketing costs money then your support bands cost money uh, your transport costs money and you know then people don't turn up yeah. um you know and i think that not turning up is a is a combination of a reflection of society you know people don't have spare cash people don't have loads of money to go and spend five pound a pint in a pub let alone pay four quid to come and see you as well as five pound a pint 
Um, you know, and then you know, as a band, we need to earn money to be able to fund the studio, the studio work, and we do that by live shows and by selling merchandise. You know, and that's our that's our lifeblood. Yeah. And if people can't if people can't get to the shows, you're you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And a lot of bands are are rapping because they can't turn over a small amount of money to get in the studio and record. No, exactly. I mean, there's so many places that are shutting down. A lot of the things are the uh, noise abatement orders. People complaining yeah. that a music venue is too loud. It's like, why are you living next to it? But well, we've had a exactly. few. We've had a few down this way in Kent that have had to shut down mm. due to that. I mean, one of them yeah. was, it was a brilliant venue, but all the neighbours just complained, and that was it. They shut it down. I mean, there was there was a massive petition against it. It's terrible. Say. But no. It, still shut down I mean, we've we've got some good venues down here we've got a new well i say new it's been open for a year and a half now actually in dover uh, an absolutely yeah. brilliant venue which we've had all sorts play we've had dragon force we've had that was um, that's the uh the rail the railway isn't it or something yeah I think yeah it's, it's called. called the yeah. um it's called the booking hall yeah and next it's, it's the old rail station isn't it yeah. down in bover yeah. yeah in the harbour so no, it, it. it's literally five minutes from my house it's brilliant <laughs> yeah i love it no no it looks good i've i've, I've seen it um i've definitely i've definitely seen it but you know to to play there um you know there's a ticket there's a there's a hire card for that um for that venue and the band has to make that money before yeah. um before you know and a lot of people don't realize that you know um it's all well and good working with promoters um that's fine if you if you can find good promoters but those promoters have got to pay for that venue mm. you know we don't use promoters on purpose because we're kind of cutting out the middleman um you know so every show that we play out we've got to make costs first before before we even take any profit and the majority of the time you know the purpose of playing shows is to is to gain support and to gain fans and to play your music to them you know a lot of the, a lot of the shows we play just just about break even yeah. um you know and that, that's the state of the of the music scene here but you know like i said we went down to brighton and it was fantastic you know it was a good venue it was well run um there was a walking crowd that were metal heads everywhere and we're like oh you know i wish it was a bit like in colchester on a saturday night <laughs> yeah so, so yeah it was good well, let's. You said about Brighton, and you wanted to talk about that with these next two songs. Let's talk about yes. these next two songs, then, because because these two aren't actually your songs. Absolutely not. And I know that we were we were talking before the show, and you know, I sort of suggested that maybe we play two songs that have come from bands that have shown beneath the embers a lot of support this year, and uh, you know, in particular, and I'll, and I'll mention them first. You know, Harbour Sharks. We played in the Asylum, which was that venue that shut down. This is where we met them, yeah. and. Um, we watched them at the asylum and their their live show is absolutely incredible they've so much energy when they play you give them the right amount of space and a good stage and they absolutely nail it every single time and um yeah we just um the two bands just hit it off and we've we've been mates and we've stayed in contact ever since uh, other than just the music you know uh, it was a bit weird really and then um obviously luke through the label said do they want to come and support all of our shows this year so they've been everywhere with us um you know they've they've traveled all sorts of distances to play to play our shows and you know to to be there with us and you know in particular a performance of theirs that sticks out was at the b2 in norwich and it, it was just absolutely mega they set the bar so high before we went on the stage um i would you know i was like cheers jack thanks for that that's 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 mega because we've really got her <laughs> up our game now um uh, but they, but their, but their, their album's brilliant. Um, they're awesome. They're such nice guys, um, you know. And, and they do their bit for charity as well. So you know, what's what's not to like about them? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've uh, both the bands that you picked out, I've played before on the show. And this, the Harbour mm. Shark song that you picked out in particular, is one that I have played on the show. That exact song. So it's like hey, it's, an, it's coincidence, is you know. Absolute banger of a song. And mm. that one, when they play it live, is just. Uh, I love the video. I like the music video. And when they play it live, it's just one you cannot help but like tap your head to. It's just, <laughs> it's so catchy. And I know, and it's funny, you talk about what constitutes a good song. And, you know, with, with that song in particular, everyone knows the words very quickly. Uh, and everyone starts singing along. And it's just one of those really catchy, well-written uh, numbers. Um, and, and yeah, so they were at a show they played with us in Bright. And, and the next song that I've asked you to play yeah. is from the, from, uh, another band that supported us in Brighton and we met them through the Brighton metal scene, uh, which is obviously bleed again. Uh, they're on tour in Europe at the moment and um, they, their songs when they played live, their aggressive angst 
and I know you would call them metalcore, I, su- I suppose, but the aggression in their music is something else. Um, when you see it live, it's so impressive. It's almost like there's this power when they play that, that the pit just absolutely went off. Um, and I was standing by our merch table and there was bodies flying into our table <laughs> whilst they were playing. And I'm like, oh my God. So Harbour Sharks went on and did this absolutely amazing job. They were pulling all the crowd in, getting them all warmed up. And then when Harbour Sharks finished, you could see that the crowd were ready for something else. And Bleed Again came on and just destroyed it. <laughs> the absolute the place went, went into meltdown. Mm. And, uh, and and yeah, and then by the time we got on the stage, the, you know, the whole crowd was in such a good mood that the rest of the night was, you know, they'd done their job. It was so easy to play to. Um, yeah, it was mega. So, um, you know, just two bands that have really stuck out this year would be would be Harbour Sharks and Bleed Again. That's brilliant. So, well, I'm going to let you introduce the songs then. So, Harbour Sharks first, then Bleed Again. So, tell us what they are. Okay. So, for all your listeners then, the first song that we're going to play is The Killer Inside Me by Harbour Sharks, a band from Kingston in London. So, make sure you go check them out. Uh, and then the song off that will be Walk Through the Fire, which is uh, by Bleed Again. I think you find it's the second song off their, uh, off their, off their new album. So, yeah. Excellent. Looking forward to them.
The Rock Out with Mark Rigland, the best in brand new classic rock, metal and punk. Band Feature Tuesday. Hey, there we go. So, uh, the two songs chosen by Clint there from Beneath the Embers. Was that a, uh, did everyone get to choose which, which songs you wanted to play or was that all you choosing? That was, that was all me choosing. That was definitely <laughs> all me choosing, yeah. So, I take it you were singing along. Absolutely. Um, well, I listen to both them albums pretty much every day anyway. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I commute into London for work. So uh, they're normally on the headphones pretty much every morning. Ah, see. So that, that leads on quite nicely, actually, to one of the questions that um, oh, I'm trying to remember who it was that sent in now. Uh, I will find out. Sorry. If, if you ask this question, you know it's you. Um, do you guys have like normal jobs as well as being rock stars? Was the question? Yeah, so um, all four of us um, all have, if you like, career jobs. So I've been in the army 17, I'm in my 18th, going into my 18th year in the army. Yeah, really? um, yeah, yeah, long time. Um, my brother works at a massive factory, he's an engineer down Dartford Way. Um, Louis a postman and Spence is a catering manager for a, a big a secondary school down in, down in Chelmsford. So all of us, yeah, we have full-time, normal, very time-consuming jobs uh, outside of the music so with that family and everything else going on you still manage to make the music and yeah do it awesomely yeah. So, yeah. absolutely so 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 people i don't i don't take this i've got no time excuse for nothing so uh, <laughs> yeah there we are well yeah we, we can let you off i think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a little bit so where would be your dream venue to play Ooh, that is a good question. And just to complicate I, okay. it a bit more, who would you have cool. as your support act? If you could have anyone. So, so I would say the dream venue. Now this will this will show my age and those listeners that uh, will know what I'm talking about. I would love to have played at the London Astoria. Okay, yeah. The London Astoria was such a long standing iconic venue. Um you know, I was fortunate enough to be posted to London for two years back in the early 2000s, and I was able to go to that venue very often for those two years and never made it back before it closed down. And I saw Stone Sour there, for example, on their first tour. I've seen Cradle of Filth there, um, Raging Speedhorn, Il Nino. Um, that's just the ones off the top of my head I can remember, but I was there nearly every weekend. It was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Um, so that would be the venue uh, and my support band. Hmm, that is a good, another good question. I think I would, I would choose tactically. It would depend what kind of reaction I would want from the crowd. So for sheer talent, I think it would, it would be Stone Sour. Corey Taylor is probably one of the best frontman ever to have graced heavy metal. And I think when you watch him, you can't but take your eyes off him. But then I think I wouldn't want to be upstaged by such uh, a good performer. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's a big ask. I think if I wanted a good act, aggressive act to get them warmed up, I would say Trivium. Okay. Um, That that would definitely get people going. Um, If I was picking a a guitarist, then it would be Andy James without without question. I see. Good choices. Really good choices. Mm. So let's uh, let's go back to your music then. So. The songs that we've played so far, all from the yep. EP. So, what what was this EP? Well, uh, what was the EP? So, the EP, uh, the EP's name was Ashes, and the EP was uh, it was originally going to be recorded um, with uh, the first four songs that we um, that we wrote as a band, and we got in the studio and Condemned, as I mentioned earlier, Condemned was the first song we wrote as a band, um, and it. It's the song that we open all our shows with. Uh, and we recorded it. And I don't know if you remember me saying earlier that we road test a lot of our music. Yeah. So con- so Condemned was working really well on the road. But we got it in the studio. And when we recorded it, it just something wasn't right with it. So we had to take it back on the road, if you like, to, um, to road test it to s- some more. Um, so it didn't make the cut for the EP, um, which is a bit of a shame, really, because the character that was created through the EP, the character moves through Condemned, Breaking Down the Walls, Drag You to the Grave, and then the last song that you'll play, Heaven and Hell Can Wait. Um, but when we go into the studio in January next year to record the album, obviously, Condemned Condemned will be there, uh, and all the songs will be in the relevant order, so you can follow that character through his journey. Excellent. Through our, through our songwriting. Uh, but the, the EP available on all everywhere at the moment, but you're going to be recording soon then so what what are the plans for this new album 
Okay, so um, if you come and see us live, which you can do this Saturday 13th, if you're anywhere near the Ipswich area, we're playing at the Smokehouse. Uh, we're playing in Colchester on the 30th of November, and then the Saturday night, which is the night after, we're back in Norwich at Epic Studios doing our big charity show. Um, if you come and watch us live, um, we we play our, our full set list, and um, so there's 10 or 11 songs or something. Uh, and what we decided was that we were going to record all of that, uh, in the new year and then we will release all of it um in in one go so if you come and watch us you'll be able to hear a preview of what will be released next year um yeah so we're going to go into the studio in january we'll probably be recording i think january to sort of springtime uh, and we're going to get it all down get it all down to be released and then we will tour that album as soon as it's done excellent so do you have a working title for the album or are we going to wait for or, that you got to wait for that. That's top oh, secret. That's it. <laughs> it's always top worth asking. Se- <laughs> it is, it is, but I've got nothing to market, have I? So I'm going to have to keep it secret. Uh, talk about marketing then. What merchandise have you got for the band? Okay, so funny old thing. We have literally just made a new order. And uh, in the next two weeks, hopefully you'll see on our website, which is www.beneathembers.co.uk, uh, you'll see the merchandise page go up and you will be able to get, uh, there's three different T-shirt designs on there. There'll be hoodies on there. Uh, we've branched into snapbacks. Oh. If you if you fancy it, if you fancy a nice snapback, we were asked for them at shows, and we'd never thought about it. So um, oh. we've uh, we've grabbed them now, and we've also um, got proper female cut t-shirts as well. So they're proper, you know, um, t-shirts for the ladies, yeah. uh, as we were noticing. Yeah, we were getting asked for them, and you know, I think after speaking to consulting with my wife about, you know would you buy a man's t-shirt and she was like absolutely not so i think you should consider getting a female style of t-shirt so yeah we did we went and got on and they'll all be in various sizes um and you'll be able to get all that off the website if you want anything to pre-order then anyone can get hold of us on our socials if you um you can dm us on facebook twitter instagram and just start up a chat ask ask you know what you'd like and then uh, then we'll get it shipped out to you um and you can also buy the cds and if you want cds if you're a bit old school, like Spence is in the band, he loves a CD. Um, you know, you can you can grab the EP on CD, and obviously we can get it all signed up and that before we send them out. Yeah, so it's good to see that you've actually got the like female sizes on the t-shirts because my wife's wardrobe mainly consists of unsigned bands, of pretty much all the bands <laughs> that we've had on on the show, and uh, a lot of the bands around this area that we know is uh, she's got most of just about every day she puts on a different band t-shirt, but it's always a case of have you got the female size? A majority of people go, no, we just get the unisex ones. So she has to get a bigger no. size than she is. Yeah. So. No, exactly. And, and that's kind of what, you know, m- my wife Fran was, um, was, was bringing up that a lot of um, our female relatives would wear our t-shirt um, purely to help support the bands. Um, but if it was a female cut, because then they could wear it more often. Um, so yeah, we had to wait till we sold the first batch of everything and then I could make a reorder and mm. we've done that and we've branched into that. And as long as, this merch sells well we'll be able to branch out the merchandise we'd maybe be able to put more designs on the female t-shirt or we can branch into female vests as well as the male vests and we'll just keep building it if that's what the the demand wants us to do yeah sounds all good so right so you got a gig this saturday plenty of yeah we're at switch so yeah. that's that one who's who are you playing with or are you on your own no, no, absolutely not. Um, so Harbour Sharks will be the main support on Saturday night. Uh, you obviously you'll find Harbour Sharks at all our shows. They are they've, they've been our main support all all year. So they go everywhere with us up until Christmas. So yeah, Harbour Sharks the main support, and then Spider Vine um, will be opening the show. Um, if any of your listeners have ever heard of a band called Resin Wolf, um, they will know that Resin Wolf were for the from the Harwich area, which is sort of in between Colchester and Ipswich. Um, they had uh, quite a bit of success with their earlier stuff. Uh, and unfortunately, last year they separated. Um, and then two of the members reformed a new band called Spider Vine, and uh, they've only just started gigging again. Um, you can get their single on you know spotify and all that good stuff mm. um, and they'll be yeah they'll be opening the show so hopefully um you know they gave us our first gig a couple of years ago so um you know when we heard they were back on the scene we were quick to offer them a show to help them get get back on their feet again ah, see it's all good help everyone helping out everyone else is it's brilliant uh, and you have to i think because um one day you might need somebody else's help and um you know what's the age-old word don't be a wanker isn't it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> at the, yeah at the end of the day so if you're happen. in a position yeah totally totally and if you're in a position to help people you should yeah 
Exactly. So, well, well, thank you very much for chatting with me tonight. You've been absolutely brilliant. I think we've got uh, yeah, as much information out of you as we possibly can about the band and, and the, of course, the other bands that you support as well. So, Absolutely. No, but thank you uh, very much for having us. Uh, we, we should also say uh, a bit of a congratulations uh, to you for moving out independent and moving your show <laughs> and doing your own thing like us independents. So uh, so well well done from the band for, for taking that step, mate. Ah, thank you very much. So That's is there any, any other shout-outs you need to do while you've got the chance? Just all your listeners, if they could quite kindly jump onto all of our socials and uh, get on the hold, follow the retweet and the comment in. I think, you know, people don't realise how important the the social interaction is for a musical band, certainly when we're talking to bigger businesses, you know, these, these bigger labels, they look at, you know, your reach, they look at who's talking about you, how many retweets that you're getting and, you know, it's just as important to have social interaction uh, online as it is people buying our merch and visiting the shows. So yeah. if you're listening, give us, give us a, uh, give us a follow pretty please. And then uh, we look forward to seeing everyone at any of our shows between now and the end of the year. Excellent. So brilliant. Well, thank you very much. And you've got one more song to play, which is the heaven and hell can wait. So tell us about this one. So heaven and hell can wait was kind. It's the song that we normally end the show with when we play live. It's got more of a, I would say an old school 80s maiden type feel to it. Um, mm. It's quite classic metal, I would say. And yeah, it's the um, it's kind of the story of the, of the character where you know if if you're someone that that suffers with depression or suicidal tendencies, you know that this character is the has had a, a turn of mind whereby he's not gonna suffer that anymore. And you know he's he's saying that he's he's moving on and and heaven and hell whichever one it may be he's going to have to wait till it's his time naturally okay so let's have a listen to this we'll let you do the introductions and i'll say once again thank you very much for chatting with us tonight no cheers mark so uh, for you guys out there this is the last song off the ep and this is heaven and hell can wait brilliant very much and uh, hopefully catch you at a show very soon yeah take it easy
The Rock Out with Mark Rigland. The best in brand new classic rock, metal and punk. There we go then. So that was the final one from uh, Beneath the Embers. So brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So Clint there chatting to us for the whole show all by himself and uh, did really well. I think we got all the information we needed for them guys. So do go and check them out on all the social media platforms so beneath the embers search for them you will find them and do go check them out and if you can get to a show go and do it because them guys are absolutely bloody awesome the rock out with mark rigland the best in brand new classic rock metal and punk musical insights 